Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. I want to share a really simple message with you today. I am not trying to say anything new, but like Peter said, he said, I want to remind you that we have the idea sometimes that because we've heard something, we've got it, right? But that is really not true. But I want to start in Acts chapter 20, and I want to simply talk to you today about how important the Bible should be needs to be in your life. So Acts 20, verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So he's talking about what the word of God will do for you. And it says it will build you up. It will cause you to grow spiritually. In fact, the Bible says it this way in the book of Peter. It says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You do not grow spiritually without the word of God. So God's word, it's going to build you up. It's going to cause you to grow spiritually. It's going to cause you to become strong spiritually. And then he says, and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Very often what Christians think is they think salvation begins when I die. But that is not true. Salvation begins the moment you receive Jesus. And you don't receive an inheritance when you die. You receive it when your relative dies. And Jesus died. And he left you an inheritance. But if you're ignorant of it, you will be ignorant of the will of God. You will lack the blessing that God wants in your life. And the word of his power will become ineffective in your life. So it will build you up, but it will give you an inheritance. In fact, the Bible is the only place you're going to find out who you really are. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, it says this. If anyone is in Christ, those those words there, in Christ, it means in union with Christ. You've received him. You are a new creation. Old things have passed away, but hold all things have become new. It is the Bible that will show you who you are. It'll show you what belongs to you. And it will show you the authority that you have over the enemy. But if you don't find that from the word, you're not going to find the world is not going to tell you who you are, what belongs to you, the authority that you have. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse six, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, without faith, you can't please him. But Romans 10, verse 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
So you cannot get faith. You can't please God. You can't receive from God. You cannot connect with God without the word of God. Uh, I have people I have had on more than one occasion. Somebody will say, well, I just don't have time. I am so busy. I am so busy. And, and how many realize we have more conveniences today? We have microwaves. We have instant coffee. But Jeannie and I, when we were Mexico, missionaries in Mexico, I would see ladies go to the, the river and take their clothes, dunk them in the river, pour soap on them, and scrub. You have a washing machine. We have all these modern conveniences, but yet we seem to have less time than we ever did before. I just don't have time. I want you to listen. This is Proverbs 3, verse 1. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. How many of you would like some more peace? God says, my word will add peace to you. Long life. How many want to live a good, healthy, long life? But notice what it says in length of days. Now, what this literally means is this. God says, you put time in my word and I will bless your day so you get more done in your day. How many of you have ever wanted a 26-hour day? Because there was just so much to do. God says, you get in my word, I will bless your day. And he says he will give you length of days. He will bless what you do so you get more done in your day. You say you don't have time. We don't have time to not be in the word of God. Because God says, I will bless what you do. And it's there you're going to find out who you are. You're going to find out what belongs to you. You're going to see how God sees you. right? And, And honestly... The value the world puts on you doesn't matter. What matters is the value God puts on you. So in Luke, the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and says, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And we talk about how Mary is blessed, right? How she's highly favored. But that exact same Greek word, highly favored, is used about you in Ephesians 1, 6. It says, by which he made you accepted, highly favored in the beloved. In Christ, you have the exact same standing that Mary has. No difference. We tend to look at her and think, oh, wow. Mary, the, the physical mother of Jesus. Wow. But God says, you are accepted, you are beloved, you are favored exactly the same way. You see, we need to know our inheritance. We need to know what belongs to us. We need to know the power of God that's at work, right? In fact, in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. And it's interesting that almost always people stop right there. They don't finish the verse, which says, according to the power that is at work in us. The power that's at work in who? Us. Somebody said, well, I thought God was going to do it all. No, he's put the power in us. It's in us. 
right? The word of God has to be the foundation of our life. Apart from it, there's no true success. Joshua 1.8. Without it, we can't be saved. The Bible says you're born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, even the word of God, which lives and endures forever. Apart from God's word, you will never find truth because his word is truth. And without God's word, we can't even know God. You can know there is a God in a general sense by looking at, at creation, by looking at the universe, but you won't know God apart from the word of God. The Bible is God speaking to you. I have literally had people come up. They've got a Bible under their arm and they say, Pastor, do you have a word for me? And this is what I think. Yeah, there's a thousand of them right under your arm. You have a word for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By his stripes, you were healed. No, no, I mean like a specific word. That is a specific word to you. Right? You literally cannot be a disciple of Jesus without accepting the Bible as God speaking to you. God's will for you. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written therein, and then you'll make your way prosperous. You'll have good success. Now, notice it says to meditate in it day and night. Now, that doesn't mean you're reading it day and night, but to meditate means to imagine, to mutter, to apply the word of God to you. So, so you're in the Bible. In every situation that you face every day, you apply the Bible to that situation. What does the Bible tell me that I need to do? In fact, perhaps the, the, well, first of all, when it comes to meditating, all of you are good at it. You say, how do you know? Let me ask, how many of you have ever worried? Well, worry is just meditating in the verse. It's just meditating on the wrong thing. It's meditating on your fear, your anxiety. Uh, it, it, it causes depression, right? But you're meditating, but you're not meditating on the word, right? But when you begin to apply the word and think about how the word applies to your situation, how the word of God changes your situation. Somebody says, really what meditation is, is it's like a cow that lays down at eight and then it lays down. And it ruminates. It regurgitates that food that it digested. And I know you're going to eat pretty quick. I'm trying to help you. And they chew it again and again and again in order to get all the nutrients that they possibly can out of it. That's what it's that's what meditating is. It's not just you read it, right? But you're thinking about it. You're applying it. You're muttering it. You're talking about it. Right? Now, now I've had people say, well, you know, you, you, you know, you, you just know the Bible so much, you know, you just, you just memorize the Bible. You know, I haven't memorized any of the Bible, right? But yet you say, how do you know all the, so much of the Bible? Well, I spend time in it. Now here's the truth. 
You have got the exact same ability. I am amazed at how much you know about your favorite sports team, about all the players, about their averages. You know everything about them. Do you know why? Because you're interested. You're interested. In fact, I love what it says over here. This is Psalms 1. It says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. You know what your delight is? It's what you do when you just have a little bit of extra time. That's your delight, right? Now, I understand that for many people, uh, they, they look at the Bible and they think, oh, no. Look, first of all, reading the Bible every day should just start out as a desire. Just you want to do it. Right? Then you discipline yourself to do it. And if you will discipline yourself to do it, it will become your delight. It will become your delight. This is what, this is what Jeremiah said. He said, your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. If you will discipline yourself to get into the word of God, it will become your delight. And it will literally change you. Now, again, so often people say that I I know that. I've heard that before. God's word, literally, Jesus said, it's like a seed. It gets planted. But then it needs to grow. So this is what the Bible says. Paul said, I planted the word. Apollos watered the word. And God gave the increase. Now, there are many people who really feel, you know, for some reason, the the Bible just isn't working for me. I'm going to tell you why. Because it's been planted, but it hasn't been watered. It's been planted, but it hasn't been watered. In fact, Jesus said this. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Right? So you don't just live by, by bread, by food, but you live by the word of God. Right? So I, I, I want to, I wanna, how many of you eat two or three times every day? With gusto. Right? Now let's suppose that you just ate one time a week. Kind of like a big snack. How many of you think before very long you would not be very healthy? I think most Christians are anemic. They're walking around like... (laughs) They're just like walking spiritual skeletons. You say, why? Because they haven't been eating the Word. Right? It's by the word that you grow thereby, right? And it's, you eat every day physically, but you need to be in God's word every single day. The Bible says, Christ, who is your life, right? He's not your Sunday life. He's your life, right? We need to be in the word every day. It needs to get watered. You, you hear that word, but then you water that word. And you meditate on that word. And again, you can't be a disciple without receiving the Bible as God speaking to you. This is God's will for you. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says, 
Well, I'm going to start with the message Bible. It says, you took in the sacred scriptures with your mother's milk. How, how soon should we start getting the word of God in our children? Along with mama's milk right there. There is nothing like the written word of God to show you the way to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every part of scripture is God breathed. Say that again. Every part of scripture is God breathed. Holy men of old were moved, the Bible says, by the Holy Spirit, and they wrote. So several years ago, we had a very prominent pastor in our area who said, well, the Bible really is not God breathed. It's not really God speaking to you. The Bible is the story of men who sought God. Or the Bible is what the men who sought God thought. No, the Bible is God breathed. The Bible is God speaking to you. It's God's will for you. Right? It's very important. Every part of scripture is God breathed and is useful in one way or another. Showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the task that God has for us. Now, here's the thing about the Bible, right? You aren't going to like everything, right? There's going to be things in there and you're going to go, oh, all right? This is, uh, uh, Timothy Keller wrote this. He said, now, if you choose to believe only the things in the Bible that you agree with, all right, uh, in that way, literally, he says, you're contradicting God. Only if your God can say things that upset you will you know that you have the real God and not just a creation of your imagination. I like that. All right. So 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says these things were written for our admonition on whom the ends of the world have come. How many of you would say we're getting near the end? All right. So these things are written for our admonition. You can check this out. One of the original meanings means to slap your face. So the Bible is supposed to slap you. All right. You read along and you go, whoo, look what Samson did. Whoo, look what happened to Samson. I better straighten up. Right. It's supposed to slap you. All right. The Bible, Tim Keller wrote, wrote this. He said, the Bible is not a product of any one human culture or set of authors, all right, but it's God revealing himself. And this is what he says. He says, no matter who you are, you inhabit an imperfect culture that shapes your belief. And the Bible, if it were authoritative revelation from God, would then have to be outrageous to you at some point. Right? In other words, he's saying, the way you were brought up is not perfect. And if the Bible really is from God, there's going to be parts of the Bible that make you squirm. Right? I love that this really came true to me as I was reading in Titus. It says, one of their own prophets said, Cretans, those from Crete, they're always liars, they're evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. He said, this testimony is true, therefore rebuke them sharply. Right? I don't know what it is 
in the way you were brought up, in the culture that you were brought up in. But I guarantee you there's some stuff in there that's not good. And when you get in the word of God, you know what it's going to do? It's going to slap you. It's going to slap you to straighten you out. Now, there is a king, uh, Josiah, in the Bible. His father was Ammon. His father was one of the wickedest kings that ever reigned in Israel. And Josiah is brought up in his home. But this is what the Bible says about Josiah. Now, before him, there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, nor after him did any arise like him. Even King David, the Bible says there was just nobody who sought the Lord like Josiah. And you say, what happened to Josiah? Because he wasn't brought up right. He was brought up as messed up as anybody could be messed up. But Josiah, he, he read part of the Bible. Let me read part of it to you. This was written 300 years before he was born. Then the prophet cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, Oh, altar, altar. By the word of the Lord, he said, Thus says the Lord God, Behold a child, Josiah by name, shall be born to the house of David. And on you, he'll sacrifice the priests of the high places who burned incense on you. You know what he did? He saw his name in the Bible. And when he saw himself in the Bible, he changed. It radically changed him. Now, here's what I want you to know. You're in the Bible. It's talking to you. It's talking about you. In fact, every time that you see in the Bible in him, in whom, in the beloved, that's you. That's you. You are in union with him. Over 40 times, just in the book of Ephesians, it talks about who you are, what belongs to you. Now, how many ever looked at a class picture from one of your high school or college? How many ever looked at a, a class picture? All right. Now, I'm going to tell you who you looked for first. You. And if you look good, great picture. Right. Look, when you read the Bible, it is your class picture. You are there. It tells you who you are. It tells you what belongs to you. All right. You get that down on the inside of you. And this is what it says. It says, in your ear will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. You get that word inside you, every situation that you come to, you're going to hear that word coming up. Trying to decide where to go. I skipped so much in the first service. Listen to this. And it shall be, and when a person becomes king, when he sits on the throne of the kingdom, that he shall write for himself a copy of the law in a book from the one before the priests and the Levites. Now, of course, in those days, you couldn't go buy a book. Everything was hand copied. So when you became king, one of the first things you were supposed to do was to copy for yourself Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. 
You were supposed to copy it down. All right. And then it says, and it shall be with him and he shall read it all the days of his life that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left. Right. Oh, I've skipped a little part here. Deserve to do it that his heart may not be lifted up above his brethren. He shall read it all the days of his life that he may learn the fear of God, the fear of the Lord. Do you know one of the things that the Bible will do for you? It will give you the fear of the Lord. Now, if there is anything that is missing in the church today, it's the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is to depart from evil. But the Bible says, you'll read when he read every day, it said it would give him the fear of the Lord. Now, that's just not something in the Old Testament. It says in the New Testament, talking about the church and walking in the fear of the Lord. Now, it's a fear. It's an awe. It's a respect. It's a reverence for God. Right? But when we have that, what do we do? We turn away from evil. Then it goes on. It says, when you read it every day, you'll be careful to observe it. You'll do it. And then it says that his heart may not be lifted up. How many of you know God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble? You see, especially a person who's in a position where they're king, they're extremely wealthy. You can think I'm better than somebody else. I deserve what I have. No, just by grace, you have what you have. What do you have that you haven't received? The Bible says, right? So every day he had to read that he would fear the Lord, that he wouldn't become proud, and that he would observe to do according to what's written. I want to close with a little something about a book that Jeannie and I read together. This little girl was brought up in Columbia. She was four years old, lived in a village. She was out playing in the garden and she's playing in the backyard and remembers a sweaty arm grabbing her from behind and placing a hood over her head. She unveiled a strange chemical smell and lost consciousness. She remembers fighting to wake up as she's dragged into the jungle. She'd been driven hours in an automobile and now they're dragging her out into the jungle. As her captors uh, pulled her deeper and deeper into the wilderness, branches and thorns scratched her skin. When her abductor finally stopped, he quickly tied her arms had that dark hood over her and he left it there. She felt her clothes being torn off as her assailant did unspeakable things to her little body. But just as quickly as she had been abducted, he left her there on the ground, arms still tied, hood still on, clothes torn off to die in the jungle. She couldn't believe she was still alive. After struggling for several hours, she managed to free her hands, remove the hood. While night descended over the dense tropical foliage, she began to cry, still shocked and terrified at what had happened. The sounds of the jungle grew louder and darkness enveloped her. She tried to doze, but she was terrified. She shivered. Surely someone would come and rescue her, she thought, as dawn lights finally pierced through the green canopy overhead. But no one came. She was hungered, tired, and afraid. The second night passed like the first. On the third day, something phenomenal happened. A troop of monkeys saw her. They became curious about her. 
This strange new creature, they surrounded her. At first, they were hostile, running, charging at her, screaming, hitting her. But realized she posed no danger. They settled down and they foraged for food. They wandered off only to return and leave her some good food to eat. She lived in the jungle for six years and was adopted by the monkeys. She forgets how to walk. She can only crawl on all fours. She forgets how to speak. She learns to communicate with the monkeys and she talks monkey. She uh, literally forgets she's human and she believes she's a monkey. She's there for six years. One day as she's up in the canopy, she looks down and she sees something shiny and she goes down and picks up a mirror and she looks at herself and says, I'm not a monkey. I'm human. And it began to change. She eventually is captured by some hunters who unfortunately sell her to a brothel where she literally works as a maid, escapes, works for a mafia family, hears stuff she's not supposed to, and they're trying to kill. It's an amazing story. But here's the part that grabbed me. When she saw herself in the mirror, everything began to change. She says, I'm not who I thought I was. I'm not what I thought I was. I'm not a monkey. I'm a human being. James chapter one. But be doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For anyone who hears the word and is not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. He observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, the mirror of God's word, and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Listen, you get in the word of God, and you will see that you're a victor, that you're beloved, that you've got peace that you've been delivered, that healing belongs to you, that provision belongs to you, that you're an ambassador for God, that you're righteous, that your feet are shod with the gospel of peace. You've got the helmet of salvation. You've got the shield of faith. You've got the sword of the spirit. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're blessed when you go in and you're blessed when you go out. It will tell you who you are. It'll tell you what belongs to you. It will tell you your purpose. It tells you where you're headed. The word of God, it is your life. It's your life. Man shall not live by bread alone, but you will not know who you are until you find out who you are in God's word. This world will not tell you. Your culture will not tell you, but the mirror of God's word, it'll show you who you are. So my challenge to you, 2024. Just like the king, you read that book every single day, every day. You get in the word of God and you let the word of God slap you. You let the word of God tell you who you are, that you're the head and not the tail. You're the victor. You're beloved. You're an ambassador. Right? You're righteous. You let the Bible tell you who you are every day, every day. Doesn't mean you read it all day. 
but you apply God's word to every situation that you face in your family, at work, at school, wherever you are, you apply the word of God. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night to observe, to do all that's written therein. And then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? Hey, in in a group of this size and so many online, there's people in all sorts of spiritual conditions, people that have lived for God for decades, people that once lived for God that have drifted away and need to come home. People that you've been to church. You're a good person. You believe in God, but you don't know where you stand with God. The Bible says we've written these things that you may know that you have everlasting life. You're supposed to know that you're forgiven, that you're right with God, that you're on your way to heaven. And it's not enough to be a good person. It's not enough to go to church. It's not enough to believe that there's a God. The Bible says to as many as receive him, to them, he gives the right to be the children of God. You need to receive him as your king, as your Lord, as your savior to give him your life. Jesus called that being born again. He said, you must be born again. So we're going to pray a prayer together. And we're going to pray a prayer and receive Jesus. The Bible says, when you do this, you become a child of God. You're forgiven. You're right with God. So I'm going to ask everybody to pray this prayer. I'm going to ask you to repeat it out loud, but to pray this from your heart. Would you repeat this after me? Just say, Oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe that his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again. Victorious over death, over sin and over the devil. And I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I hold nothing back. I receive Jesus as my King, my Lord, my Savior, and I'm going to live for him every day. I thank you. You've heard my prayer. My past is gone and I'm a part of your kingdom today and forever in Jesus name. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.